Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today we are going to be talking about whatnot with my friend Heather, who you may know as Dr. Thrifty on Instagram. Hello, Heather. Hello. I'm so happy to be here today with you. I am excited to finally chat face to face with you um, because we talk on Instagram all the time and kind of dive into whatnot. So, if you guys are listening, um, I'm sure you've heard of Whatnot. It is a live selling platform, but if you haven't heard of it, that's what it is. It's kind of taken off over the last, oh, I don't know, probably two or three months, but it's been around for years. It's not a brand new platform. I know some people think it's brand new. It's not. It's been around, oh, I don't, six or seven years, I think. It's been around for, for a while. For Funko Pops and trading cards, primarily. Yeah. So the clothing realm of it all is relatively new. Um, but we thought it'd be nice to have some people on who have had success with whatnot, or maybe have tried it out and, you know, are trying to find their groove with it. We all know that live selling is kind of here to stay. It's not really going to go anywhere. And it's more of finding where you fit with it all. And if you even want to experience it. So introducing the whatnot series that we're going to do, and we're going to start off with Heather here. So Heather, people might not know who you are. So why don't you give everyone a little introduction to who you are, how you get started in reselling and all the stuff in between. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me on. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, my name is Heather. I go by Dr. Thrifty on Instagram. And I chose that um, username because I work as my day job as a neurologist. And when I was in med school, um, I was doing a rotation overseas. And I had to move out of my apartment in New Jersey. I read an article in a physical magazine about Alex, the deal queen, selling her belongings on Poshmark. And so I was like, I can do that. And so I sold my entire, like my entire closet of like Victoria's Secret leggings and whatever else was popular in God, 2014 or 2015. I was going to say that like early to mid 2000s. Oh, a lot of just express blouses. If you scroll back on my Poshmark, the cover photos that I took on the floor of my basement apartment or the stock photos of like, or not stock photos, but the photos of me wearing the items. Oh, everyone my- has those cringeworthy things. If you scroll all the way back to the beginning, oh, bad. but that was, that was my, my sort of journey. And I was hooked. I made $800 selling my, you know, personal items. And I had that $800 to spend in England for my trip. And I also didn't have to move that stuff. Mm-hmm. So my reselling journey began with a need to get rid of stuff. And I was hooked ever since. I didn't really start reselling for a profit until probably like a year or two later, I started going to thrift stores. I had always enjoyed secondhand shopping, um, but I didn't start to pick things out specifically to resell them for another couple of years. But I moved to, you know, the mid-Atlantic DC area to start residency. And basically my paycheck, uh, more than half of my paycheck every month went to my rent. And so reselling was a huge resource for me and also like a de-stress for, um, life 
Uh, it's a therapy, and- especially being in med school, Heather. Like you needed yeah. something to be an outlet yeah. for you. Yes, yes, yes. And thankfully, you know, my husband was very supportive because my hobby like brought us a little bit of extra income and, mm-hmm. you know, for my thrifting habits. So I could basically uh, not have to worry about having to pay my rent, my car insurance and all of that stuff and still be able to rotate my own personal items, bring a little stuff in. Um, so fast forward to the beginning of the summer, I am moving again, right? I, my husband had gotten a job in upstate New York, um, the year prior, and I was moving up there to join him. We were going to buy a house. And so I see people on Instagram talking about whatnot and doing live sales. And I was like, I have 16 tubs of inventory that I don't want to move. Let's try this out what's the worst that could happen? I could lose money. I don't really need this for, like, I'm going to start making like a real person salary in a couple of months. Like, and I also had a lot of expenses with moving that we're going to get reimbursed eventually. So I am a person who is like something new, something novel. Absolutely. Sign me up. It could be embarrassing. Absolutely. I want to do it even more. Right. Sign me right up for that. How can I embarrass myself in front of people? I could fail on a live stage. Perfect. I love that outlook. Novelty has always been, I have a diagnosis of ADHD and novelty has always been something that I find to be exhilarating and fun. I also am an extrovert. I love meeting new people. I love hearing people's stories. There is probably nothing on this earth that brings me more joy than getting to meet a new person and hear what they like and, and um, you know, also try and bring them some joy too. Um, and so the live selling platform, I started before I moved. I did a couple of shows. Um, I sold, you know, over a thousand dollars each, each show that I did. Um, but the monetary income, so it was way more than I was selling, like, you know, even in a month on Poshmark, because I was really doing it part-time, even though I was using Vendu and all of these other tools that I was paying for, like, and my sales were fine. But at that point in time, and still now, like Poshmark is going through a bunch of changes. I had recently expanded to eBay, Mercari, Depop, and um, you know, while I was definitely still making money with them, it wasn't the volume that I needed at that point in time. So that's why I decided to join on to whatnot, because I was like, I can sell 60 items in an hour and a half, right? And then I don't have to move those items. So from there, you know, I, I went to people's shows that were on there, like Alex, the deal queen and Shay, um, House of Grey, um, Nicole State started having shows and I went to them and I, I learned sort of like, what are you guys doing and like what works and what do I like um, and sort of how can I make this work? Um, and I think that now that it's been like three months of being on there, I don't know how sustainable it is unless you have a very specific business model. If you were to all of your sales on whatnot, 
you really need to have a low cost of goods. So where I moved in upstate New York, I have a Goodwill outlet six minutes from me and it has been fab, uh, just saying. And so that's certainly a way to sustain doing a show once a week, right? But you know, you're also at the mercy of the thrift gods, sort of like what you find because you mm-hmm. want to keep on bringing good quality inventory to the people who are coming to your shows. Right. And in order to get people to come to your shows, you really need to offer good inventory and also be very active on the app in other people's shows, right? Like like helping to promote their items and other things like that. Um, so it does sort of feel like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a clubby, clicky type thing. Um, whereas, you know, being part of the reselling community on Instagram is like, you're not requiring or asking anybody, any one of your friends to buy things from you, right? Because Mm -hmm. the reselling community on Instagram and Poshmark, Mercari, eBay, Depop, they're separate entities, right? And we are just all sort of co-working. But with whatnot, you're inviting other resellers to come and shop your things. And hopefully people who aren't resellers, like I have people who don't sell shop from me. And I have people who come back, you know, pretty much every show that I do. But but it is a different and interesting experience, different than anything that I've done. I personally enjoy it. But I do not think that it is any easier or any less work than selling on any other platform, right? Yeah. I typically for a show, like I just did a show last night that was a pop-up show because I had a show scheduled for Sunday. But when I was prepping for that show, I realized I had accidentally scheduled it for Monday and I like wasn't going to be home then. So I moved it to Sunday, but I didn't get as many people as I wanted. So I did another one on Monday. So I pretty much spent most of Sunday prepping for my Sunday show and then most of Monday prepping for my Monday show, photographing the items and making sure they're ready to sell. And then, you know, you get done up and get yourself in the headspace to like be live and cross your fingers and hope that people come and hope that people like your items. You try and separate yourself from the, like, if people don't want my stuff, then they don't like me sort of feel, right? Because it just like you have great stuff. It just may not be that, you know, people are not willing to buy it for the price that you need to sell it for. Um, And, you know, and then you spend the whole next day shipping out your items. So it's a lot of batch work. Um, And I think for me, where I am in my reselling journey right now, I don't need the income. This is just fun. And it helps, you know, to allow me to still shop and, you know, I guess if you're into reselling for the planetary stuff, it's still good for the planet because yeah. <laughs> we all care. We yeah. all care about the planet and sustainability, which I do, of course. Um, but I think a lot of us, you know, also really enjoy shopping. We really enjoy, you know, the beauty of um, a nice new with tags dress, right? Yes. We enjoy packaging it up and imagining it going to its next owner and, you get all that dopamine immediately with whatnot. So it feels nice. It does feel really nice. Somebody like bids up your item really high or higher than you thought. Like yesterday I, you know, sold a Jack Sparrow t-shirt and a crossbody purse 
And I, you know, I found it at the thrift store. I think I paid $2 for it. The crossbody I found at the bins, but like two people fought over it and bid it up to 25 bucks. Is 25 bucks a lot of money? No, right. but I was excited. We were thrilled. Right? I was like, oh, this is nice. Like people like the thing that I, you know, whereas I think if, if you do want to get into selling on, on whatnot, like I think the things that I found that have worked are themed shows. So like announcing beforehand, like this is going to be a designer show so that people who come into your live are willing to like know that this is going to be what I'm going to be purchasing. Right. And to be very firm about like, this is instead of starting something at like the highest price on what you'd like to get, you start something at the lowest price that you are willing to sell it for. So that even if, if one person bids on your item and no one else bids it up, you are still making a profit that is worth your time um, and worth the cost, right? We don't want to be selling things just at the cost of what we bought them for. That doesn't account for the time that you spent, the curating that you did for the show, right? And so it's this weird mix of like needing to have people like you enough to come and watch you sell live and then also bringing in the inventory that will keep people coming back in a community that's mostly based up of other resellers right i think that's um, the think- hardest part heather is that what not in particular right now is so in the clothing market is so filled with resellers mm-hmm. and it gets to a point and i think we're starting to see that transition happen where the resellers are done shopping now because they've shopped themselves out of budget, right? Or they just can't, they just can't do it anymore. And they don't, or they don't need anything else. So now those sellers that were once making so much in the shows when it first started are now like, oh, wait, I think I got to transition myself a little bit and be a little more curated maybe on here and kind of focus my attentions back on the platforms. So yeah. I, what are your feelings on, on that? Um. Well. Uh... I absolutely have heard that from um, resellers expressing that who have been very active on the platform. I think if you have the mindset of like, this is, this is for entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. This is for Mm -hmm. me to get to come on and like hang out with my friends. If I sell things great, if I don't also fine, right? I think that if you have the capacity to add on another thing and you like that, sort of uh community like interaction with other people and you're not afraid to make a fool of yourself like I put on a sweater yesterday and it got stuck on my head right and there were 50 people watching and it's just like whatever right like but that's totally your personality too Heather and I think that that definitely plays into it right because I I know that there's people that I talk to who they're not like that. And just the thought of going on a live show produces a lot of anxiety for them. It's like, okay, I got to plan everything and everything has to be structured this way. And it's, it becomes consuming to them. And at that point, it's like, do I really want to do this? And I think, um, while I love our community, I, listen, I would not be here doing this podcast almost four years later if it wasn't for this community. Yeah. But I think we all fall into this category where something new comes up, like you said, and it's bright and it's shiny. And then we all jump on it without even like taking a second to think like, but is this really for me? Like I may enjoy watching my friends do it and I may enjoy going to their shows, but do I really need to do this? And that's where I've been with it, where 
I probably will try maybe a post show because the buyer pool is different. Or when eBay launches their live selling, there's an international pool there. So like that makes more sense maybe for me. But I don't have the time to prep and do things for a live show unless I did it. And this is what I, I keep telling people. Like if I were to do it, it'd be like a drop, like a once a month drop of like all yes. of these fantastic things. It, yeah. That would make more sense for me. And I would come. And I, I know would you totally would. Stop at that, right? I mm-hmm. I think that like there's just so many different ways that you can do it. And like, yes, there is so much FOMO. Like you see people doing things and you see that they're like doing well and shipping out all of these packages. But the reality is is all of that is a lot of work. Yeah. Right? And you know. I think people who do this full time are and have expanded onto whatnot are are recognizing that. I think that I fall into a um, a situation that maybe some other part time resellers come into is that like yeah. I have a day job that pays for all of my needs and this is just fun. So this is a fun experiment for me. Mm-hmm. So it was part of the reason I wasn't as like scared to do this. Right, I'm not feeding my children with this income. Right. right? Um, I get to do it because I, I like clothing and I like hanging out with people. Um, but it absolutely is a lot of work and I'm excited for posh lives or eBay, although yeah. me and Eve now are fighting. Um, I, I would love to do that on Poshmark. I have seen in the last, so I haven't listed anything on Poshmark since before my move in July. And in the past week I have had eight sales of like my, you know, I have 150 items. Like I used to have like close to 500 items listed and I have cut that down immensely over the past like three, four months. And whatnot was a huge part of that, right? Because I wanted to liquidate my inventory. If you are someone who has a lot of liquidation inventory or like you're overwhelmed and you need to get rid of stuff, like you go on there and you're like, I'm doing a dollar sale. People are going to come and buy your stuff. Yes, they but are. you might make 30 cents and then spend your time shipping out a shirt that you spent $5 on for 30 cents, right? And so I don't think that that is necessarily worth your time, but each person has to make that decision mm-hmm. for themselves. No one can tell you the specific circumstances that are going to work for you, your family, your business, mm-hmm. and what's working for you. Um, and I th- think you just have to be honest with yourself. like. Is this something that I feel like I want to do? There was, when it first came out, there were so many people who were like, F this, never, ever. What I didn't appreciate though was the, the disparaging people who did go on and do it. Like, I would never do that. Like you take your $13 average sale and like, come on. Like if you're yucking somebody else's yum, that's a you problem. That's mm-hmm. not a me problem. And I think that that's something else that like, you know, I'm in my thirties now and I just don't care. As <laughs> not much, that right? Right. Like, if you don't like what I like, that's okay. Right. right. Exactly. It doesn't like matter. Like. Yeah. None of that matters. And so I'm always up. So I am always, I've always been very business minded and minded and everything, but I've also always been someone who, Hey, just because it's not what I want to do, doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. And I may not agree yeah. with their way of doing it, but who am I to say that 
it doesn't work for them or that it's silly yeah. that they're doing it. Like to each their own. I respect people that are hustling on there. Like there are couples that are hustling on there and, and all of us that are in the, the predominantly Poshmark community have no idea who these people are because they do their yes. own thing. They're not on social media. They could be just Amazon sellers, eBay sellers. We don't know who they are and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but they are hustling and they are doing amazing, amazing things. I admire those people. I think it's great that they've now like, okay, we get all this liquidation all the time. And there's a lot of it that we just would never list or we would never send off to wherever, right? So why don't we try this to get rid of it, recoup our costs on at least these items. And then the really good stuff, you have a really good show and you're not having to list all that stuff anymore, right? It makes so much sense for people that like you did liquidate your closet, get rid of things, downsize, whatever that looks like. So at least you have some kind of cost coming back to you knowing that you're putting a lot more work into it even so it doesn't even out but you're okay with that because you're trying to clear things out or people mm-hmm. that get pallets and pallets and pallets of stuff but I've also watched people who I the the show that I enjoyed the most is this one gentleman I believe his name is Elliot and he does a luxury show and mm-hmm. so he has luxury him too. yeah I, so his show yeah. is one that I can watch the whole way through and not sign off and it's his yeah. personality it's the way that he like talks about the items. He shares a little history on the items. He is a luxury seller. He's got his own store. Like it's just, that's his thing. And he sells brand new stuff. He sells things that need work. He sells things that he flat out says is damaged and you can have some fun trying to repair it or just use the patina for something else. You know, like yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Um, and I think there there is a market for, like there's a market for everyone on there. But it is interesting to see how the luxury market is developing on the live show, um, I've seen it done successfully and I've seen people not budge on certain things. And this is on Posh and on whatnot. This is on both. I think what you had mentioned about pricing is super important when it comes to live auction. And it's kind of reminiscent of eBay auctions, right? When that was like the only thing that was on eBay was eBay auction. It's very reminiscent of that. And I think that the culture of reselling that we know today a lot of those people don't know what that was like unless they were selling things on eBay in the past. I, I think it's safe to say is you can't start your items at, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a random number. You can't start a, a Michael Kors bag at $200. That's not going to work if that's what you want to get, right? But you can start a brand new Attack Michael Kors bag at 45 with the hopes of it reaching $100 plus dollars. You have mm-hmm. to go into it knowing, okay, my buy cost is X. I'd like to make Y, but I got to meet myself somewhere in the middle so that if someone only bids it up to, I started at 45, someone only bids it up to 60, I'm still making something from it and it's worth my time. Like, I think you have to have honest conversations with yourself with it. And um, I think with the FOMO comes a lot of uh, desperation as well. Like I see these other sellers selling things or things getting bid up and I'm just not experiencing that. So I'm just going to sell everything at a dollar and then hope that I break even kind of thing. Like I've seen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
all of those happen across the board. And I think the best advice, I guess, that I could give to anyone that's kind of like, I don't know where I fit is just take a second to like, just reflect on what your end goal is. Like, what is your goal with live selling? Are you doing it like how you're doing it, Heather? And it's to interact with people and like have fun and thrift and find fun things and then have people buy these fun things to add to their collection and make a little side money. Sure. That I can buy things that I want for myself or whatever. Is this your livelihood? This is your full-time job. Like then you need a more structured plan with that. Like I think, yes, the FOMO is there and, and, and the fun and everything is there, but you also need to be a little more strategic maybe with your process. Yes. It doesn't come across too mean, but that's. No, not at all. You have to be mindful of your time first and foremost, yeah. right? Your time is valuable. Um, you know, on, on my platforms, I always, my goal has always been to have an average sale price of at least $50, right? Anything less than that is absolutely not worth my time. Now mm -hmm. with live selling, right? I am selling so much volume, right? That my goal is to make at least $500 in an hour, right? That's a good so, goal. That is always my goal. And I went into that with that. Sometimes I like my show on Sunday, I made 200 bucks and I, I was fine with that, right? Yeah. I sold a bunch of fall theme sweaters that I had gotten at the bins. I saved up for this theme show. I was just so excited to have them go to new homes because they all didn't fit me, but they all were so much fun. Could yeah. I have sat and listed 20 sweaters on Depop and sure. sold them for more? Absolutely, I could have. But did I want to do that? No, not at all. So I'm fine with selling those at $5 because I got them at the bins, right? It brought me joy to see them going to somebody who hopefully will love them. And I always start my shows by saying, you know, if you're going to sell this, send me when you sell it. Like, if you're going to wear this, send me a photo of you wearing it, right? Like, my goal with my shows is to be able to bring you fun items and to be able to hang out for an hour right? Or an yeah. hour and a half. And I think having those goals in mind can lead you to not be disappointed, right? If you're going on to live selling as a brand new person, and you don't really have much of a following, like you gotta, you gotta put in the work and that's joining other people's sales, you know, like, and there is a buy cost, right? Like there I definitely stopped and spent 400, $500 with other people right? Like, yeah. but I could do that because that was within my budget and my abilities. Right. And this was something that I wanted to do. And I enjoy like right now, like I, the shows that I go to are, if somebody is selling like clothing and I don't know them, but I'll pop in their store. If they have photos of the items and there are items that I like. I can use the remind button. I can put on a pre-bid. If I got to go do something else, I, I go do that. The shows that I sit through are the people that I like. Mm. I'm there because I like your personality. I like what you're selling. Sell me something. I want to be sold stuff, <laughs> right? Like, I do think that you need to have a budget if you're an impulsive person like myself, right? Like, I probably have five or six fully sequined jumpsuits now and like do I, like people will just tag me in shows and be like there's this fully sequined jumpsuit dr thrifty why don't you come and buy it and i'm like guys stop it i want it okay i'll buy it because i can right but just because you can and you have yeah. the ability 
do something doesn't necessarily mean that you need mm. it, right? Absolutely plays into the, like I said in the beginning, I have ADHD, like the novelty, the, yeah. the newness, somebody's doing a good job selling to you. And the people who are doing well on there are the people who are good at, just like you said about Elliot's show, knowing their items, mm. knowing the value of their items. I think one of the particularly challenging things about selling on whatnot to a community of resellers is you're yeah. like, I know more about you than this <laughs> item, or I got lucky and I got this item, or I shopped this 80% off sale and I got these things, or I got a bunch of liquidation, right? Mm-hmm. When you are selling, though, liquidation to other resellers, we all know that WayF shirt is not going to bring us more than $15. We're not going to pay more than two or three bucks unless you're getting it for personal use, in which case right. for Christmas, right? Those types of things, totally fine, where you may not be able to get that much new inventory at your thrift store. And you certainly can't get a new with tags Nordstrom house brand shirt at Nordstrom for that price, right? If you're buying it for five or six dollars. Right. It depends on what your purpose is, why you're shopping on there, why you're on there. There's so many facets to it, right? And I think that's it's new. It's new to our community. It is not a new way of selling in general. It's just new to our community and it's something that we either are going to adopt or we're going to learn to live with it or we're just going to ignore it and continue selling the things as we do. You don't see Amazon doing live selling right now. Like they don't need to do that because their platform is based off of people searching for things saying, yep, that's what I need. What are the reviews? Okay, I'm going to get it. Like basic everyday selling is still going to exist. There's still going to be a market. You're not going to have, you're going to have demographics that want nothing to do with live selling. Um, they just want to go in, type what they want, search for it, find it, buy it and be done. My it's, husband has told me that whatnot is his version of personal hell. <laughs> that he will never, ever either help will. me fail or watch a show. He's like, everybody that I listen to, he's like, their voice is annoying. Can you turn that down? Every single person that I love and hold dear and watch <laughs> on whatnot all the time. So, yeah, absolutely, it is not for everyone. His idea of shopping is... I'm going to go into the store. I am going to, with laser precision, go and get the one left sock that I need. And I'm going to leave as immediately as possible. There will be no dilly-dallying. Mm -hmm. There will be no, you need this extra thing. If it's not on the list, I'm not doing it. So it doesn't work for him. And that's okay. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We're not selling things to him on whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. My husband is the same way. When I was, I because I purposely... At first I was like, I don't even want to download the app. Like I was in that mindset of like, I just don't want, not because I didn't appreciate it or anything like that. It was like, I just didn't want one more thing on my brain and I didn't want to get suckered into the, Danielle, you really should be doing, because the amount of people who have sent me messages, I'm like, why are you selling on there? You have a, you know, you have a really good personality for it. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like I work full time. I work full time. I have a reselling business. I also work another job. I like, I've got other things. I, I, I have a family in life that I like to also partake in. Like, yeah. I don't want to set up time to do a show and all that fun stuff. But I made it a mission a few weeks ago, like maybe a month ago. Um, and I was like, I am going to spend all weekend when I have free time and I'm going to do my market research and I'm going to watch as many shows as I can. And I'm going to dissect and really like, 
figure out what people are doing, which was very helpful to me. And it, it did open up my eyes, obviously, to, to more once I was interacting. And I can see all the benefits and I can see the downfalls. I can see both. But it, it, it did help me to actually sit down and, and watch. And I didn't just watch reseller shows. That was a thing. Like I went into different markets and I wanted to see what trading cards look like. I wanted to see what home goods look like. I wanted to see what the arts looked like. Like I wanted to see how it was different across the board. And it just gives you a better perspective of how live selling works. But I will say you had something said something earlier, which I think is really important. And that is in the prep of a live show. Like I have been to shows where there's nothing in the store. It's just numbers, no description of anything that's there. I'm immediately turned off because I don't even know what you have. And I got to sit here and wait to see what it is you're going to show me. I don't have time for that in my day. Unless I really, really like you as a person, I'm immediately leaving. And there are uh, probably three people who I will like sit and wait for if I have the time, right? right? Like Today I popped into a show of people that I adore. I absolutely love them. I love their personalities. It's like a ray of sunshine, right? And there's, there's no gimmicks. Like it's just mm-hmm. a really nice hanging out with them, but you know, they, they do their shows like that. And like, they, they use it as a way to offload a lot of inventory. They have a lot of good inventory. And I was like, Hey, do y'all have anything that I'm looking for? Uh, I am currently on the lookout for a camel blazer in an extra small, okay. or small, you Noted. have one Noted. <laughs> I will from you. Um, but anyway, I was like, yo, do y'all have that? And they're like, no, we don't have that today. And I was like, okay. I'll catch you at your next one, right? Because mm-hmm. I had to go and do stuff. I can't. I yeah. can't. And I think that's also a really good way to avoid impulse buying too. It's like, yeah. Yeah. are you looking for something? Or are you looking to be sold to? Yeah, it's right? true. So explain to people who are listening, like what does your prep look like then when it comes to what night, what not show? Like how do you plan? Like, do you go to the bins you said? So do you plan what you want to find to the bins when you're there that day? Like how does that all look to the part of going home, prepping and all of that? So I um, took my board exam September 21st. And so before I'm a big proponent of having things to look forward to, and I like selling on whatnot. So before my board exams, I scheduled six shows all on Sunday evenings um, because my admin day, so my day that I'm not in clinic is Monday. So I was like, I can have the day to prep. Um, And so I set those themed out because I had noticed in my prior shows that like, I did a neutrals designer and I did a rainbow colorful designer, right? I did those themed shows and those did very well. And so I set those ahead of time. So the show that I just did on Sunday and Monday was like Halloween and fall themed. And I set that back in, um, God, in in early late August. I was gonna say I probably late August. August. I think that's when we we were connecting to talk to do this. Yeah, yeah and I set, I scheduled all of those shows. Um, so like next week will be my neutral designer show. You know, part two. And so when I am shopping at the bins, you can never plan for anything. But nope. I have these categories in my head of these are the types of shows that I'm gonna do. When I do a pop up show, sometimes it's just like random stuff and it's Mm -hmm. all like low start prices on things that I would like to buy so like activewear and like Mm mid-tier brands right like I won't ever sell like Old Navy Sheen or Target or other things that I would not personally buy myself and I think that that's that's something that I talk about in my shows too is that like 
all of my items are personally selected and curated by me, which mm-hmm. is why it's sometimes hard if somebody doesn't like the thing that I'm picking because I like it, right? So it, um, it affects you on the inside a little bit. Like, you don't like my style? <laughs> not as much, not as much, right? Because I also acknowledge that like my style is not everybody's style and that's okay too. But I, I have these general buckets of sort of themes that I have in my head, right? So I'm going to have a pajama show coming in November. I'm going to have a party in December. Yes. Um, I love pajamas. I love it. I love being comfy. I also love like a fancy pajama, like a nice nightgown, Mm -hmm. right? Like um, I love vintage nightgowns. Oh, just the romance, right? And so I have a full bin over there that I've slowly been accumulating like the fall show that I did I had probably 15 granny fall the ugliest chunky scarecrow pumpkin nasty but the kids love it (laughs) sweaters right like and I had accumulated them over several months and that's sort of so I think TLDR too long didn't read having an idea of what you want to sell. I think the most successful people that I have seen, like they have a thing and they stick to it, right? There are some people who just do activewear and they sort of stay in their lane. There are other people who do luxury. Like, let me show you this bag. Show me. This from somebody on whatnot. Oh, how cute is that? It is a Louis Vuitton um, 2002 um, collaboration. It has mushrooms in patent leather and a um, like green and yellow heart on the side. And it's a pochette. She was selling this for $199. I, because she had it in her buy it now and there were photos as the show went, like as she was, she was asking people what they wanted to see. She wasn't like running in order. She was doing Mm. requests. I had the time to look up this style. And then she also talked about this before she sold it, that comparable pieces are selling for $1,500. And so I looked it up on the real, real. I looked it up on Tradesy. I looked it up on eBay and Poshmark. I had enough time to do that before she see that this was a good buy for my money. If you are trying to like spontaneously impulse sell a bag for $500, People do that, but if you go into the luxury shows, you also realize that a lot of them have these huge disclaimers at the beginning that are like, bid responsibly, because people get buyer's remorse. They get built up into the hype Mm -hmm. of an item. But I had enough time to be like, I have wanted one of these for a really long time, right? I think it's super cute. It absolutely will hold its value. And so part of, you know... I've certainly made a lot of impulse, like smaller buy things and the smaller things absolutely add up. But if you're going to go on there and go in and try and get luxury items, which I'm interested in, like you have to have the time to do your research on those items and also be like sure that what you're buying is, is a worthwhile use of like your time and your energy and your desires. If you're choosing to resell it afterwards, which I will eventually. Yeah, I think that was, that right there, just the fact that you spent so minimally on that, like that is such an easy flip, whether you want to flip it yourself or you end up sending it into the real world. Like you're going to make good money on that either yeah. way. The exactly. buy cost on that is so low. Yep. So low. So she has, a, 
she had her store tag on it at seven ninety five. Right. So that alone shows you. Right. If she was gonna, if she was gonna sell it for seven ninety five in her own brick and mortar store, you yeah. could probably make well over a thousand dollars on it. Yes, could. But for me right now, that was a. But it's yours item. right now. You know, it was that that I that I wanted. Now, not all of my purchases on things on there have worked out nicely. Like I bid on a set of Y2K matching dresses on sudden death and I spent $4 on them and they're currently sitting on my floor waiting like on the floor. <laughs> up, you know, yeah. like not everything works out, but again, at the end of the day, like this is something that's just fun, right? Mm-hmm. If this is your all, if this is your business and you know, I, I think it just does with anything in life, especially if it's your sole source of income, you really do have to have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. And you really look at like, is this part of my personality? Do I want to add this on as something that I do? I think the the bottom line is the pros are you can sell a lot of inventory, right? And if you have the buyer market and you have a low cost of goods, you have the opportunity to make a lot of money in a very short period of time for the actual show. But the prep work going up to it is a lot. You have to, I think photographing the items is super important. You need to make them like- How many like, photos are you allowed? Uh, I think like five or six. Okay, so you can do a front back and show detail or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, The luxury sellers do that a lot. They have a mm. lot of photos or- the nice part is if you're selling something that's new with tags, right? You can show the stock photo or even something that's not new with tags, but having a stock photo absolutely yeah. helps, right? If you're selling a pre-owned item. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also like I've been disappointed, especially when I first shopped on the app that like I got an item that had flaws that weren't disclosed. And when you shop on whatnot, it's not really easy. You don't have a lot of time to like request yeah. a return. If you're buying from a friend, you're like, do I really want to, like, say something mm-hmm. about this? Like, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I have several pieces over there that are damaged, right? That yeah. are, I, I guess I'll fix this. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with. Specifically, someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. A couple, Someday. Like, <laughs> someday. So- you're allowed to put a description. I know that on whatnot. And I've mm-hmm. seen people, so I've seen like in the luxury market, they'll put like SB meaning starting bid. And they're telling you like the starting bid on this, if you want to pre-bid or whatever, like it's got to be at whatever, $500 or like, it's not going to run. Like that's the starting yeah. bid. Um, What else can you, is there like a limit as to what you can put there? How detailed, like, how does that look? Not at all. So when you list an item, you put a title, you put a description. Um, I have like toyed with putting everything in the title because that shows up big on the screen mm. and the description is sort of smaller underneath. Yeah. A lot of people, and it's really nice to shop this way because you can like see how organized a person is, yeah. like put the title of the item and then underneath they'll have like the size, the measurements and the starting bid. But because people don't read, 
Um, myself included. <laughs> I like to put everything on the top line. So this is a free people in motion, new with tags, uh, mini dress. Retail is $60, size small. Fits true to size, all in the title. <laughs> and then you go down and you put in the weight of the item, which is very important. So when you're um, shopping on whatnot, you pay the full price for the first item that you purchase in its um, in its entirety. So what some sellers will do is they will run sort of lighter items in the beginning of their show um, because it absolutely encourages bundle buying. And I definitely have fallen trapped to this. Like I bought an item, I paid $9 for shipping and I could get another item for a dollar. Right, $1.50. And even though I still end up spending more money in my head, I'm spending less money. I know. How does that make so sense? So I fell trapped to like one of the skin shows, but here's my reasoning oh, behind yeah. it. Okay. I have a very fancy schmancy wedding I'm going to on Saturday. It is a black tie. It is, if you're from New England or Rhode Island, it is in Newport, which is like, it's beautiful. It's on the water. Like it is everything you can imagine about a Rhode Island wedding, right? It's fancy. I got a black sparkly dress that I'm wearing. I'm like, I need, I need things, right? I got to look good. So I didn't want to pay full price for skims, bodysuit, and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, well, I'm going to go on whatnot. People have skim shows. I bought too much skims. I bought way too much. But now I have a whole skims collection for like under like probably under $150, which is cheap in comparison to what skims cost. But I definitely fall trapped to that bundling like, okay, so I'm paying $5 for this first piece. And then every piece after that's $1.50. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm just going to keep buying things. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think the other thing, and skims do so well. By the way, well, the other thing I, too is I, I can sell this stuff afterwards. So uh, if I don't wear it, there's still tags on stuff. The new tags, though. Absolutely, and I think that if you are like just looking to buy on whatnot, like the opportunities are absolutely there. Like I now, so you know, I moved, got all this stuff in here. And like, I'm going through my personal closet for work. And I'm realizing that there are, there are items in my wardrobe that I either have sold or lost or whatever that I need. And so now I have a clear mindset. Like if this doesn't fall within like a blouse that I can wear to work or a blazer, right. I have enough pants. I have enough shoes, right? Like then I'm not purchasing it because I have enough fun things to last me until I'm 85, right? And I need more things that are appropriate for the weather I live in and the new job that I have, right? Yes, so you're in a much colder fun. climate than me right now. Yes, yes. It has already, we already have some uh, frosty mornings here. We had to move our plants in. Really? But, I mean, it's been cold here, but not that cold. We've The lowest we've gotten to, I think, is 42. Oh, we had our we had our first frost the other day. It was very sad. So early this year, way off I topic, know. but it is so early this year. Well, we're getting some beautiful uh, uh, Christmas colors. Goodness gracious, some beautiful fall leaf peeping yes. uh, up old north. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that is very nice. Um, but I think if you're on whatnot buying for personal stuff, it's good to have a a list of things mm-hmm. and like to that. If you're buying for reselling, I think that having a good idea of 
what it is that that sells for you well that yeah. works for you it's going to be worth your time right and not just purchasing things because they are inexpensive because um it's fun to do that right it's fun mm-hmm. to get things well it's fun to get things for cheap right but you know, then suddenly you end up with a bunch of stuff. There are a bunch of shows you can go on there and people are like, I'm opening my whatnot packages, right? Like let's sell some stuff, right? Because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I would say that I have sourced a couple things on there and they were from a couple who does liquidation. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, so I got this uh, for free people. I can't think of the style name, but it's one of their more popular dresses. It retails for like almost $200. It's new with the tag. It's beautiful. I might actually wear it and take the tag off and wear it a few times, but it's a very popular style. Like it, it resales for, it depends anywhere between, you know, the 75 to $150 mark, right? Like you, it, it depends on the, on the pattern and everything. And I bought like a major L dress that was new with tags. I only paid 20 or 25 bucks for each one with shipping. So to me, who does online sourcing, who does retail arbitrage, that's not bad to me. So if I can find deals like that on whatnot, I'm okay to use that as sourcing, acknowledging that at some point I got to like realize what I'm buying and does this really fit my need and cost of goods and you know, that kind of stuff. But if you are an online shopper, you're already accustomed to paying certain price points. And like, I know you do the same thing. You do retail arbitrage, you do all, you know, all the things as well. And um, it's just a different mindset when you go into it. It's not so much like finding things that are cheap. It's like finding things that I don't have to go out to the store and I can do it from the comfort of my couch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to go to Nordstrom or Nordstrom Rack to find this. I'm finding it from someone opening a Nordstrom palette right now. And I'm not, and I'm in pajamas. (laughs) Exactly. And there is some so much fun about watching somebody do a mystery unboxing oh my gosh give me that all day if I have the time right so it's like the shows that are later at night that's why there's so many more shows at night than like in the morning I have joined some morning shows before and those are also fun you know if you want to get your dopamine rush in the morning yeah um but the late night shows right those are the ones where a lot of the times and I've heard this from other people like talking in the comments and things it's like I, this is my me time, right? And I just get to shop and hang out in a fun Mm -hmm. environment. That's the real draw of whatnot is that like, you get to feel like you're in a community in the chat, you get to watch somebody show you nice things. Um, There's also the thrill of like, in a bigger show, like, will I get it? Right? Like, oh, I want that, right? Yep. But you definitely can fall into over shopping, overspending, if you don't have a clear budget uh, and sort of mindset on like what or plan right right like Like what what am I actually doing on here right my question that I ask myself before I thrift anything is um, or purchase anything is could I send this to the real real if I really didn't like it could I send it to the real real and if I couldn't send it to the real real can I send it to thread up and make a good profit on it and Mm -hmm. if the answer is no the answer is no right? Unless it's for personal use, right? Like, obviously, you can't send Lululemon to the real real, but like, I will wear it, right? Um, And that has a good resale value. But you have to be honest with yourself. Like, I have totally scaled back on like the time that I spend listing on other platforms. I was actually just going to ask you that. What's your plan, I guess? Because, well, I know that you're scaling back in general on reselling because of your career. But what is your plan when it comes to reselling? Are you going to keep maybe one traditional platform 
and keep whatnot? Like, what does that look like for you? I think with, you know, especially, um, you know, now that I'm like more settled and whatever, I'm like, get the swing of things. Like I have a lot of items here that like, you know, like I have a pair of Bottega Veneta boots that like, I refuse to send to the real world without at least trying myself. Right. Yeah, I but I'm that. not going to sell them. I'm not going to sell them on one night. So it's like, there are items like that. Or like I have a pair of Jenny Kane, uh, shearling mules that I got at Nordstrom. Like list them now because they're going to sell immediately. Exactly. Exactly. But I bought them. I bought the Bottega Veneta boots and I bought the shearling mules like during the summertime. So they weren't even like the right mm-hmm. time then. So like, those are the things that are absolutely worth my time. Like I just sold my second sale on eBay in 90 days was a pair of redone jeans that I got at the nice. sex office outlet in Cabazon. And I sold them for like $125. Um, and I bought them for 45. So absolutely awesome worth time, you know? Um, but they sat on there for a super long time. Right. Um, I do pay my, my posture VA subscription is actually expiring on the sixth and I have to decide if I'm really going to pay for it again. I realized over the past month that when I got a new computer, I didn't set up the scheduling thing. So it hadn't anything for me because I didn't log on to it. I was studying. Yeah. Like I just two days ago, like actually scheduled it to share like twice a day for me. And then I don't know if the algorithm changed or whatever, but suddenly I have seven sales. So they did, they changed it last this past weekend. They changed it back to the way that it was. Um, but I also think, so going back to what you're saying that you made those sales, I also think there's been a little bit of a burst of people being on the app because they started their live selling. I've noticed because, right, because that's a thing that that is a thing that people want. So I have noticed there, especially at night when the live shows start, like the, the, like, I don't know, the bigger shows, I guess you could say they have them during the day too, yeah. but like everyone's usually going to app at night. Um, yeah. that like eight thirty nine PM to midnight, my notifications are going like, all, and I'm not really sharing that much anymore. Like I've really yeah. scaled back a lot. Um, cause I noticed that it really wasn't as important that I, as I thought it was like sharing yeah. three or four times a day is sufficient when you have a bigger closet. I, I'm, I, this is like huge. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've even said this on here. My closet's almost at 800. I think it's like 850. I know. And I was always like a 500 and below girl. And I've reached the 800 mark because of the space that I'm in now. So I blame, I blame that. (laughs) I 100% blame the space that I'm in because I have the room. So to me, I didn't even realize that I got to 800 until I looked at my listings and I was like, Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta sell some stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, But I realized with, once you get past that 500 mark or even the 600 mark, you don't need to be sharing the same way as when you have below 500, especially when you source the way that we source too. A lot of the items that we tend to purchase, so Heather and I buy very similar items that mid-tier luxury, that's kind of like our happy place that we like to be in. Um, doesn't mean we don't buy other things. Doesn't mean I don't buy vintage. Doesn't mean I don't venture into other things, but that's kind of like our little happy place where we like to be because our average selling price, we like to keep above 50 bucks, Right. So I've noticed that those pieces just sell on their own, really. If I don't share all day, because I've tested this, they still sell. I don't have to share all day. It will still sell because it's an in-demand item. If I were to list my new tag, uh, Lululemon belt bag that I have that I haven't used yet, I have two, one I've used, one I haven't. 
if I list that thing as $65 tonight, it would probably sell immediately. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a matter of knowing your market. It's a matter of knowing all that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing if you get rid of Posture VA. And Poshmark has the ability to share on the app now, too. So you can do a mass share on there now. Oh. Yes. So the the main reason why, so I paid for six months at a time, right? The I was talking to one of my girlfriends um, who likes shopping on Poshmark. She doesn't do any selling, but she likes shopping. And she's like, I was like, oh, well, you know, if people like my stuff, they'll just send me an offer and I'll take it. And she's like, I have never purchased anything and sent an offer. It has always been someone has sent an offer to me. And I was like, we have conditioned people to be like this. I will keep Posher VA. I am the same way. If I'm like on the fence about something, I'll just let it, like I'm watching a low, um, or loue, I don't know how you say it. I don't um, know either. I honestly don't know how you say that. I have been obsessed with that brand ever since there was like the Paula Ibiza um, collab. They sold a men's tote and I'm kicking myself for not buying it. That was like a canvas white and black collab with brown Mm. handles and it had parrots on it. And now a year and a half later, I need it. So I have alerts set up on all of the platforms and I'm searching for it. So I'm currently watching a coin purse that is not what I need, but it's still the brand. And she's like, you know, she lowered the price and then she went up on the price and then she sent me an offer. And I'm just like, "Mm, I'll send you an offer for 40 bucks and I'll lowball you and see if you like it. And she was like, absolutely not, you stupid hoe. And I was like, God, I am so there's this the same thing happened to me later in that day you see this Prada quilted hot pink zippered wallet yes. I want this so bad I am okay. like on this I need a hot pink wallet kick and I don't know why yes. um yeah probably because everything around me is hot pink now everything's Barbie pink and I'm like oh, I need God. it I need it so bad um so she has a price $150 which is super cheap and I was and I questioned it and I was like is this authentic but I zoomed in and everything it is authentic and everything else that she has sold is authentic she sent me an offer of $100 in free shipping and I didn't bite. But I'm waiting it out and I'm going to send her like an $85 or $80 offer and see where she takes that. Like maybe she'll accept it. This is how I buy luxury. I like, I'm like, I'm just going to go as low as possible and then I can flip this. I can easily flip this if I needed to, but that's that I do the exact same thing. And I you think. Know- I just think that Posture VA has conditioned, because so many of us use it that are sellers, it has conditioned buyers now to be like, well, they're going to send an offer. So why am I even going to buy it full price? Only newbies will buy things full price. Yeah. Or like, if it's something that is super in high demand, right? Like, or I am looking specifically for something like before my wedding, I was looking for the Loeffler Randall Camellia white three inch heel platforms and I wanted them and I wanted them in my size. And so I went on Poshmark. I found them for the lowest used and not disgusting price. And I just bought it because I wanted it. I didn't even send her an offer. So I think that those things do happen Mm -hmm. or like people like my mother who went on Poshmark and bought seven glass picture frames for full price, what the person was offering, and then was very upset when some of them arrived broken. <laughs> oh goodness! I've taught her since how to 
how to sh- how to use Poshmark. She yeah. will send off now. Oh, good. It's a whole thing in our family now. Like we'll use like Poshmark and buying secondhand, right? Like mm-hmm. I like to get the the requests in early. Get your requests in early, so I have time to find you your thing secondhand. Yeah. I've gotten my uh, sister and mom into it too. And like, I didn't grow up going to secondhand stores. So mm-hmm. some people think that's weird, I guess, but I came from an immigrant family. So for them, it was very important to buy new because they never had that kind of stuff, right? My grandmother didn't grow up with that. My mom didn't grow up like that. So when they came to America, it was like, we're going to earn our money and we're going to buy everything brand new, a house, a car, whatever it is, is new. So that's how I was brought up. Um, mm-hmm. But now since I've been doing this, my mom asked me, when you're out at wherever, can you look and see if they have whatever it is? Because she sees some of the things that I find. And I've, and I've said to her, I find things that are new all the time. So just tell me what it is that you want and I can get it for you. I've found my sister's scarves, all different, all, all different things, all different things for work, shoes, you name it. But it took like conditioning. Like I had to like uncondition the way that we have always done stuff and explain to them like just because I found it a secondhand store doesn't mean that it's not good and doesn't mean I can't find you something new so. yes absolutely my <laughs> my husband was conditioned by his family that like he never needs to buy clothes because like his mother always did it for him think, and then a woman who I will think it's now a man thing because clothes. my husband doesn't buy anything either he's like I don't need anything what you do, there's holes in your shirt. So when we did our closet organization, I was like, look, I'm not saying you have to throw away these shirts, but they are incredibly stained and I wouldn't pick them up at a thrift store. So that's, that's what I also have questions about. Like I wouldn't buy this at a thrift store. I would feel bad donating it, but like when you have a work, a man's colored shirt and the collar is frayed, do I bring that to get repaired? Like, I know. I, I struggle with this, too. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Right? What do you do with that? Do you, like, are there places that'll make a... No one's going to make a blanket out of a man's shirt. Like, <laughs> no. What are you no, talking I mean, about? That's, that's the hard part. Like, so I... The leggings that I'm wearing right now are starting to get holes in the crotch area, right? Because I've worn them so mm-hmm. many times. And I just a pair of Nikes, but they're super comfy and I love them. I paid five bucks for them. But there's holes that are starting to develop. And at some point, I'm going to have to be like, okay, like, what do I do with you? And the Italian in me, that the way that I was raised is, well, I can use you as a rag when I dust. And I can use you to dust my furniture with. Or I can use you to do something. Like, I can put you in my cat's bed and it's like an extra blanket. And you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of what I do. (laughs) But otherwise, if it's like beyond anything, I feel guilty. But what I'm not going to put it in a thrift store bag so I toss it I'm gonna say it I throw it away what am I supposed to do with uh, it I'm yeah. not donating it it's it's yeah. garbage they are cotton so like it will do, it, right it will eventually 
to try and get all natural fabric. So at least it yes. will eventually break down, Yes, you know, but like with your workout gear, like, right. We're like, they have spandex in it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is what it is. So much of our clothing has polyester. It's unavoidable. Um, and you know, there are some times where it's just like, Oh my gosh. I know. I struggle with that too. It's like, well, what do I actually do with you? And then I think like, okay, maybe this is something that we need in our community. Maybe we need to somehow, I don't know, have a message board of some sort where it's like people that do handmade stuff. What do you need? What kind of fabrics do you need? Like if we have garments that we're going to discard, like let us know and we can ship them off to you. Like just pay shipping kind of thing. Like I would gladly give some of my stuff that I'm not going to sell and I'm not going to send anywhere and I'm not I'm definitely not going to donate. And like someone could use patches of it to create something. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. I am not going to make patches with my husband's very dirty, very worn work. <laughs> like, right. He wears things until they are no longer wearable. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. got him a pair of secondhand Merrill shoes because he has to wear this one specific type of shoe at work. And I found it for him secondhand and it was great because they retail at 120 and I got it for 30 and it feels really nice. And they were secondhand, but in new condition. And I feel good about that, but his old nasty ones that he's worn through the bottom of it. I'm like, I can't, no one else can wear these. Like, yeah. Where do they go? I don't know. We need to have a better plan. We got to figure this out. How do we put this into legislation? We need something. We sell it on whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) You put it on whatnot and you see what happens. Dollar sudden death. (laughs) Someone will buy it. Buy my husband's old smelly shoes. You can smell them if you want. You should say There'll be someone on there that would want them just to smell them. (laughs) It's I don't know. You know what it is. You need rubber? You want to build? You want to melt down this rubber? Can you, right. Can we melt the rubber from the Merrill and reuse it for something? I don't know. These are questions that apparently we have and have no answer to. The only thing I can think of is be like the old Italian grandma me and use it to dust. I can't use his old shoes to dust. I can't do it yet. But you can use his shirts. You can wash his shirts and then you can use it to dust. And then do you have any animals? Use it part of their blankets underneath. Give them some support. I don't dust and I don't have animals. I uh... <laughs> The honesty. I love it. I don't uh, think I don't. Nope. No, no. We are at the point of we moved in in July and we really need someone to come and clean. Like I do a basic cleaning, but like we need someone to come do a deep cleaning. And this is something that we have talked about is that like, it's just not, it is not part of the things that I want to do. And I am at a point in my career and my life where I can choose not to do those things. And that's, that's really great, but it needs to happen. And neither of us are willing to do it. So (laughs) at least you acknowledge that. (laughs) Yes. Like, you know, there's a pile of my hair on the stairs. I've looked at it for three days and uh, it's still going to sit there though. There's some dust buddies mixed in there. I was like, you know, I should go get the Swiffer. I really should. I could do this, but I have 25 whatnot sales to package up. So I think I'm going to go do that instead. Priorities, right? Um. Okay. If someone is listening and they want to start whatnot or they haven't had success on whatnot, what 
tips would you give them motivating anything like whatever you think would be helpful to someone who's either wants to get started or hasn't had success like you or someone else has had on there? I think that um, if you want to start selling on whatnot, I think the best way to get started is to be an observer, to go into shows, to watch and see sort of like what you like, what you don't like. Do you want to do a lot of give? Giveaways. Do you want to have sort of a gimmick to your show or like a giveaway if you spend the most? Do you want to do sudden death? Do you want to do all these things? Learn how to use the platform and start there, right? The second thing is, is to really do an honest inventory of not just your physical inventory, but of yourself. And like, is live selling something that sounds appealing to me in the next five seconds? Like, yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then look at why. Like, why do I want to live sell? Do I want to live sell because other people are live selling? Or do I want to live sell because I think that this would be a cool thing to do, right? Do I want to try something new, right? And then the third thing is, is really look at your inventory. It's really good to obviously know how much you paid for an item, right? Yeah, start there, know how much you paid. And then you need to look at like, is this something that I could sell? You know, you need to set your starting bid and like what you're, what you're willing to sell it for and what your time is worth. Sometimes what I've seen people do that works out successfully is, you know, they have a large variety of items and some of them they spent more on and some of them they spent less on. And so over the course of the hour, hour and a half that they're on there, it actually works out for their time because some things get bit up or some things don't. But I think you do need to really start with a being active in the community um, and learn, you know, sort of what works for you and what doesn't. I am a firm believer that there is always more pie. It is never, this is not a pie that is running out, right? There will Mm -hmm. always be people who want to buy your stuff, right? There is always enough. You are enough, right? Even if you don't sell on whatnot, there is always more to the pie. Um, and that, you know, if you decide to sell on there, there are so many people who are so willing to help you. And it's such a supportive, wonderful community, which is what keeps me coming back. Right. I really feel like I have made relationships and friends on there, but I also acknowledge that it's not for everyone. Right. My husband says it's his perfect idea of hell. So, you know, it is, it is absolutely not for everyone. And I think the first thing that it starts with is just having that open, honest conversation with yourself about, is this something that works for me personally? And is this something that can work for my business? Right. Um, There are so many people who, if you have questions, all you got to do is ask. Right. Um, And they'd be to to help you um, get started with this thing. Um, But I think that, yeah, that's that's where you got to start with yourself and with your business. And um, someone struggling to sell on there. What, like, what do you think would be the reason that someone could be struggling on there? Or like, I'm showing up every day and I'm doing these shows. And it's like, what do you think that person should be looking at? So there's a couple things that I see when I go into shows and I immediately want to leave. Either it is the items are not desirable. The items are not priced right. Or to be totally frank, like you just don't got it. You don't mm-hmm. got the thing that I would like to watch. And 
that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Like it is. Sometimes it's like putting on like we're the weird theater kids who are annoying and made fun of in in middle school and high school because we were too much and too loud, and you know wore the weird stuff, right? And like we love being on the stage. That is the joy of it. Some people, it's just not their mm-hmm. thing. Right. And if you are not inherently an entertainer, you absolutely can still do well on there. Right. There are people who do shows and they don't even show their face, but their inventory is gold. Mm -hmm. They are selling Farm Rio at $50 for a dress. So if you don't have that cost of goods, right, then that's not necessarily, if that's not worth your time, then that isn't necessarily going to work for you too. So it's either you are offering excellent inventory at excellent prices, or you are entertaining, and I want to watch you. That Those are the two things that I think um, that you got to, again, be honest with yourself about, mm. like, is it me, or is it just my items suck? Or maybe it's not, and maybe it's just you don't got have enough people, and you need to work on more on marketing yourself, right? Mm. Like, showing that sneak peek of, the cool item that you're selling in your show or the thing that you're giving away. Right. Um, or work on building more connections, right. Everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. Everybody and I don't starts- think the number of people in your show necessarily matters. I've heard people say like, Not oh, at all. you know, 15 people showed up, but you have no idea who those 15 people are. And if your items are good, you don't need a hundred people in your show. That 15 Absolutely. people can be enough for you to make whatever quota it is you need to make for yourself. I I don't think I've ever had more than 80 people show up to a show. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked. But like, you know, on my designer shows, like I brought in $1,300, $1,400. Like my highest total sale for an hour and a half was like $1,400, right? On good. average, like 600 to 700 But that is, that's just the money that I'm bringing. That's not my cost of goods. That's mm. not my time. That's not the time I spent prepping for it, right? Um and like, yeah, that, that might sound like amazing. And like, that's a good, but like, honestly, like in cost per hour, it's not <laughs> worth my time. It's yeah. so much more like my day job. Right. But this is fun. It's a hobby. Mm-hmm. So that's why I still enjoy doing it. And you know what? Having that extra $600 makes it not a big deal for me. If I want to buy a pair of Louboutins when I want to, right. Because I'm going to go and sell a bunch of stuff on whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right. Because even though I have an income I still have a very set budget for what my discretionary mm-hmm. spending is and we you know we came up with that at the beginning right you get this amount of money every single month you can spend it however you want and then once that's gone it's gone and you really need to be good about your budgeting if you're going to be impulse shopping on whatnot. <laughs> this is this is very true this is very true um, well, thank you so much, Heather. This was great insight, I think, for a lot of people. And just to hear someone's perspective who doesn't do this as their full-time gig and someone who just really enjoys like just the aspect of selling and just finding a way to make it a hobby and not feel so monotonous. Because I think sometimes the traditional way of reselling can get like that. And it's like this continuous, like, I got a thrift and I got a photograph and I got a store. Like, this is just a different way of doing it. You buy the items, you make a show, you do it. And they're gone. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a totally different way of doing it. And I think the, I think there's 
markets for everyone. There's the people who just like to wait for the item to sell. And then there's the volume selling where it's like things are going out the door and I'm getting the cash flow and we're just repeating, right? Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And it's just nice to hear those perspectives from people. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, I will make sure that all of Heather's information is in the show notes. Um, Heather always posts when she's going live on whatnot. So definitely follow her on Instagram. Obsessively. So... If you don't want to hear about it, I'm sorry. Just mute those posts, right? (laughs) But as for right now, it's every Sunday with probably Monday pop-ups if I want to. I am absolutely regretting that I spend so much time because I worked all day today and now I'm going to spend my evening shipping my items. So mostly Sunday nights. It's hard on the weekends because everybody's doing their life stuff, but that's just, you know, if you want to pop in. Otherwise on Instagram, like, I'm usually posting hauls of things that I find because I get a lot of joy out of showing the fun things that I find. And I will be adding more to my primarily Poshmark, um, you know, because Poshmark is bay. It really Poshmark. is. People say eBay's bay, and yes, it can be, but Poshmark for me is my bay. Yeah. I sold on eBay when I was in college, like some books. So I've technically been on eBay for seven years. And every time I call them to complain at them, they're like, thank you for being a member here for seven years. And I'm like, thank you. But yes, we'll be listing on there. But I love to connect with you. I would absolutely love to meet anybody. If you listen to this podcast and you want, you have advice, you know, you want advice. um, I'm always happy to give my opinion, whether or not it's right. I will and whether or not you. you want it, Heather's going to give it to you. Whether or not you want it, I will tell you. That's one thing I will say about Heather. She is very honest. I can say that firsthand, and she will talk to you. So don't ever feel intimidated. You can message her at any point in time. Just, yeah. you know, have fun. And, and you will see Heather post really fun pictures of herself in videos. Yeah. Yes. It's full sequent jumpsuits. Yes. Really fun. If you want to see fun fashion, she's your girl. Yeah. <laughs> right. Life is too short, but it really thank you so much. You're oh, the best. Fun. Good. I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> I know. We finally, I, you know what it is when I get to like sit down with people? Because you guys, you guys who are listening don't know, but like we all have like half hour to hour, hour conversations before we even start recording because it's like you have all these Instagram conversations with people and you finally get to sit down and like actually see the person and have like real life combos. And it's like, but I don't want it to end, but it has to end at some point because we all have things to do. So we got to go ship our whatnot orders. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much everyone for listening. Um, This is our first whatnot episode, but we're going to have another one coming out as well um, with someone who you guys know very well um, in the community. She has been on before. So I'm not going to tell you who it is because you have to stay tuned. So stay tuned for that. And we will chat next time, everyone. Bye.